You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. Unacceptable in all areas. Unacceptable coaching, unacceptable playing, unacceptable effort, not what we're about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. We lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's all, sir. It's second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, I don't like getting it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? No, I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Bunch of this did it again. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy. Happy Football Eve. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, doing good, Shane. We're finally here to Week 1 Picks Previews. We're going to break down all these games, give our selections, we know, loyal listeners know which one of us to listen to and which of us to fade. I'm not going <laughs> to mention who that who those two people will be, but you guys out there know. But before we get to that, Shane, I just wanted to, uh, you know, this is going to mainly be a, a predictions podcast, but I wanted to include this clip because I thought it was pretty important here. Uh, this is a, a clip of, of course, Scott Van Pelt, the ESPN Sports Center anchor, and uh, he was talking about this uh, Brandon Huffman who used to play for Coastal Carolina, now he's trying to get into Virginia Tech, and the NCAA just ceases to allow him to, to gain his uh, immediate eligibility waiver. Ohio State, Georgia, and Miami of Florida are among the highest-profile programs in all of college football. The three were intertwined last spring, in a sense, when quarterback Justin Fields transferred from Georgia to Ohio State after his freshman year. Tate Martell then transferred from Ohio State to Miami of Florida and both received waivers from the NCAA, which made them immediately eligible. I'd like to make crystal clear here at the outset, I've got nothing against either of the players or any of these programs. I don't know the specific reasons that were cited, what the NCAA considered. It's just a fact that some high-profile players from high-profile programs switched schools after a year and immediately were made eligible. Fans of those programs, you guys don't always hear so good. You think I'm taking shots, which I'm not. This is what happened. I mention it as a basis of comparison for an old lineman from Coastal Carolina whose appeal to immediately be made eligible at Virginia Tech has been denied. His name's Brock Hoffman. His final appeal for immediate eligibility was denied on Tuesday. He transferred to Blacksburg to be closer to his mom. She had surgery on a brain tumor in 2017, and as she continues to recover, this transfer cuts Hoffman's commute to the family home in North Carolina in half. NCAA said, nope, sorry. According to an article in the Roanoke Times, one of the factors in denying the appeal was that the NCAA said his mom, Stephanie, was getting better. The nerve of that woman, right? Sorry, Brock, as your mom continues to deal with hearing loss, facial paralysis, and impaired eyesight, she's just not sick enough for us to grant you that waiver. Another reason the NCAA cited in initially denying the appeal back in the spring was that the family lived outside the 100-mile radius for medical hardship waivers. 
by five miles. So, you know, your mom's getting better and you're five miles outside of what we deem close enough. Then there's this, again from the Roanoke Times article. According to Hoffman's father, Brian, the NCAA asked why Stephanie didn't retire from her job as a teacher after the diagnosis and surgery. He explained to the Times, quote, we have almost a million dollars of medical bills. She's a teacher and doesn't have enough years to get full pay from her pension. We simply couldn't afford it, close quote. The irony is that they could have applied for a waiver because Brock's coach who recruited him at, at Coastal stepped down in January, but they chose the medical hardship route because, well, if your mom is recovering from a brain tumor, isn't that what this is? Nope, sorry. Look, I understand every case is unique. I don't know why some transfers get approved and this one didn't. Maybe the NCAA could explain it in a way that might make some sense to me. Nope. Sorry. All right, Shane. So most people that I know like this Scott Van Pelt. I think he really, you know, he says it the way in such an elegant way, but it's also kind of funny. I mean, it, it is kind of comical at this point. I mean, you yeah. have been on the other end of this with uh, Aubrey Solomon waiting nine months. I mean... I think the biggest issue here for the NCAA, I know what the coaches say and the administrators and everything, it makes sense. You know, it's a case-by-case -case thing, whatever, but I don't think that's doing anyone any favors, man. And I think the NCAA just needs to be more transparent, and uh, I think that that would fix a lot of the issues we have here with this waiver process. Yeah, I agree, man. This thing's getting ugly, and, you know, something that he talks about is the high profiles. It's always the high profiles that get immediate eligibility, but it's the little guys that don't get any love, and, you know, and you could kind of lump Aubrey into that because there was a lot of steam, a lot of heat coming from the University of Tennessee to get him on the team, so maybe he was a higher profile than some, uh, like the, the Luke kid or uh, this Virginia Tech fella, you know, I mean, it's the it's the small ones. It's the little guys that typically are getting left out. You know what I'm saying? And it just feels like this thing's going to come to a head, and they're just going to say, you know what? No more. That's what it feels like. It's going to happen because when you have a a variable, when you have somebody that can pick and choose uh, a different situation, you're going to piss somebody off eventually. And I think this may be the story that could, uh, I don't know, maybe in in this portal talk. I'm kind of leaning the other way, actually, Shana. I think what they're going to do is they're going to allow everyone to transfer free, you know, free of charge without a waiver one time during their career. I think that's think so? I think that's kind of where it's heading. I've I've heard that idea floated out there, and because I just don't think uh, if you're allowed one, I mean, everybody makes a mistake, I guess, or there's a coaching change or what have you, but. Uh, you know, once you start getting into two or three transfers, <laughs> then, <laughs> then obviously there's probably something wrong with you if you're the one jumping around that much. But uh, I think do allowing it once makes a ton of sense, and I just don't think you can really put the genie back in the bottle on this one. I don't know if I like that, Mike. I mean, I just see more problems than benefits when you just open when you green light a trade market here. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you come out with like three rules that you have to you have to meet and if you meet those rules like here he talked about the 100 mile radius okay so let's say one of the rules is you have to be within 100 miles and if you can prove that then maybe that's a, a green light or a coach change that's a green light you know maybe there's like 
10 rules, you know, and if you meet any of those 10, you automatically are eligible for a transfer. So mm -hmm. I just, I just don't think you can allow everybody to, cause that could get ugly, man. I could just see the bad side of that. All right, Shane. So I think we talked enough about that. Let's get into, you know, obviously we had a game last night, Texas A&M hosted Texas state. Ooh, boy, the Aggies opened up a can of whoop ass. <laughs> A&M, one big, Shane. Instant reaction. Thoughts on the game? Uh, a lot of freshman play. I thought that was awesome. And this wasn't even a ball game, man. Well, I don't know if I saw enough, Shane, and I'll tell you why. Because we're recording this on Thursday morning, and we oh, have Mike. not seen the game. <laughs> Mike, you can't do me like that, dude. I'm, I'm like rolling off you. I'm like, damn. <laughs> we were just teasing you people. We, don't, we didn't want to overlook this game. We had to record this Thursday. So we're just messing with you, but we will break this game down on Monday after we actually get to watch it. So I just, I just wanted to tease you there, Shane. <laughs> so we will give, we'll give that game its full attention on Monday, but uh, unfortunately we had to record this early. Otherwise we couldn't get it out there on time on Friday. So we're doing this for you people. Aggies, don't uh, be upset that we didn't cover this one on Friday. We will get to it on Monday, but uh, you ready to make some picks for the weekend, Shane? Dude, you got me. I was going to say, boy, they really did kick their ass in. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to get some picks. Let's do it. Gambling? Who say anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. You know, that, was, that was my lock. I said to go with Texas A&M. I was right there. They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Any chance you think Missouri beats Georgia this year? Not a chance in hell, man. Not a <laughs> chance. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. All right, Shane. So we're obviously, like we did last year, let's go in the order that these games are going to be televised. I think that's kind of the best way to do it. Uh, typically, they do leave you know, the marquee games uh, later in the day, so we'll get to those last. So we're just going to go in order of the schedule here, starting with the first game of Saturday's action. This is going to be a noon Eastern time, 11 Central time kick. Toledo, the Fighting Rockets, whatever the hell they're called, playing at Kentucky. Coming off a 10-win season, the spread. Kentucky is an 11-and-a-half-point favorite to kick off the season. Thoughts on this one, Shane? Over. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, saying pump the brakes. Toledo's upset a few people, but I just don't think it's going to be Kentucky because Kentucky's got a hell of a chip on their shoulder. If you've listened to any of their press conference here the last few weeks, these guys are ready for Toledo. They're ready to show the nation that they're still a 10-win ball club. So I'm going to go way over on this one, man. I think we're going to see a lot of Rose. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Bowden. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, uh, Terry flinging the rock around. I just think we're going to see a lot of offense out there. So I've got a high-scoring game, actually. I've got Kentucky winning this thing 52, and then I've got Toledo with 15. Hmm. Ooh, that's a smackdown to open the season for the Wildcats, Shane. But let me tell you this. I don't know. 
the biggest issue for me right now is Kentucky, their secondary. Obviously, replacing everyone back there. That's something mm-hmm. Mark Stoops hit on even this week. They are, they are expecting to be tested. I think there's a chance this game turns into something of a shootout. How far has Terry Wilson and his receivers outside of Lynn Bowden? We already know what we got in Lynn Bowden. But outside of that, how have the rest of these guys progressed this offseason? I think the Kentucky's offensive line is going to – I know there's a lot of new faces there, but I think they'll be fine. I really want to see what the, how these running backs look as well. Obviously, Benny Snell's no longer around. But I don't know, Shane. Is I know I've been pumping Kentucky up. I don't. I'm not suggesting that this is going to be you know a terrible season for the Wildcats. But I hate to do this to you, especially our guy Ollie there. But I'm going 11 and a half point spread, Shane. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I'm going to go Toledo 28, Kentucky 24. Holy Toledo, Mike! <laughs> what are you drinking, son? Man, you are just, you're like everyone else. You are. You're a nation's media. I'm telling you, Kentucky's got some damn offense, man. And I think the defense, they've got just enough. I, I think you're overlooking these guys. These, nobody's more pumped up about, I think, week one than Kentucky Wildcats. And I think they're going to prove it against Toledo. So, yes, fade Mike's picks now. <laughs> <laughs> God, Cash would kick your ass me. heard you say that. <laughs> that, that, well, he kicked my ass regardless, I'd say. But. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to the second game of the action here on Saturday. Ole Miss at Memphis. This is uh, one of the biggest games, in my mind, of the week here in the SEC. This is uh, another noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central time kick on ABC. This is getting primetime coverage here on a- – or not primetime, but uh, national coverage here on ABC. Ole Miss – at Memphis. Memphis is a five and a half point favorite. I think this thing opened at uh, six and a half, seven, what have you. It's, so it's trending down a little bit. Who do you like in this one? Ooh, man, I went back and forth on this one. Uh, Alex Givens, you think he's a go? Just curious. No, sir, I do not. Okay. Hey, I don't think it's going to matter. I'm still going to pick Ole Miss to win because I don't like Memphis. So I'm going to go on this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think it's going to come down to maybe a field goal. Hell, it could be a, a one-point game. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But I've got Ole Miss winning this thing 24, and then I've got Memphis at 21. Okay, it's a little bit of a barn burner there, but you like Ole Miss not only to cover there but win. So Yeah. Rebel fans got to be happy to hear that, Shane. My thoughts on this one, I think Ole Miss, with all their pieces, I know there's a ton of inexperience, you know, unless that offensive line is just completely garbage, and I don't think it will be by any means, but they've got enough pieces on offense, I think, to keep up with, with Memphis here for much of the game. But I'm very high on Mike Norvell. I like this quarterback, Brady White, I believe his name is. He's he had uh, 26 touchdowns last year, uh, over 3,000 yards passing, a year two of his system, former Arizona State quarterback. I think Mike Norville and his team are going to put up some points on the Rebels. I think that's where the biggest mismatch in this game is. Memphis offense versus Ole Miss defense. Still not sure what we've got in Mike McIntyre's crew. I'm going Memphis, and not only do I have them winning, I have them covering. I'm going Memphis 38, Ole Miss 24. Golly, Mike, why do you hate the SEC so much? Jeez. 
<laughs> All right, Shades. Uh, third game here on Saturday, another noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central kick. Mississippi State versus Louisiana. This game's going to be on ESPNU. And, of course, this is in uh, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in New Orleans, Superdome, whatever you want to call it. I think it's got like two or three names there. But uh, so this is they, – they're calling it a neutral field. I still think there will be more Mississippi State fans than, obviously, Louisiana fans. Uh, but uh, the Bulldogs favored by 20.5 points. So quite a bit here, Shane. Uh, who do you like in this one? You pull it another upset here, Mike. <laughs> You're going to go 3-0 and here. Because I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see old touchdown Tommy coming out and showing the nation why he is the best quarterback at Mississippi State. And I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be th- – now, what was the point spread on this? 20 so and a half. 20 and a half. Okay, because I've got 35-21. So, what did that put me at? I'm not good with math, Mike. <laughs> I think I'm under. Yeah, that's a 14-point uh, spread there, so you like yeah. Louisiana to cover. I like them to cover, and and it's not – I think this is one of those backdoor covers. I just think that they get the lead. Uh, they try to get some young people in there, and, and Louisiana maybe scores, you know, gets 10, 20 points there at the end of the game. So mm-hmm. I, like, I like the backdoor cover on this one, but I do think, obviously, Mississippi State wins this thing. All right, Shane, so we actually have a little bit of a similar score here. It's not that I don't have faith in Tommy Stevens, Joe Moorhead's offense, but in my mind, Shane, you got a new quarterback, a lot of new receivers, including the transfer, Isaiah Zuber. They keep talking up this junior college transfer, Javante Payton. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're throwing in all these new ingredients to an offense. Some of these guys just got to campus a little while ago or have only been on uh, in one camp. I don't know if uh, they're going to go crazy in this first game. I know Louisiana does not have a good defense, but under Billy Napier, I think they've got a pretty solid offense. Uh, But on the flip side, a lot of people looking at that Bob Shoup defense, losing three defensive first-rounders, that's been a topic all offseason. I think they're going to come out with something to prove here, Shane. So, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Mississippi State but I like Louisiana to cover just barely. So I got Mississippi State 34, Louisiana 14. So I think it's going to be a 20-point game. I think they uh, – I'll give Louisiana the cover, but just by only half a point there. I think Tommy's going to have over 100 yards rushing this game, Mike. What, what say you? 100 yards? I don't know about that because maybe if they had Keaton Thompson still not in the transfer portal because if Tommy gets hurt running the ball against Louisiana – uh, this thing's gonna go sideways pretty quick. <laughs> I think they may uh, they they may not have him rush. I mean, he he'll run the ball certainly, but um, I don't know if it's gonna be kind of like that Nick Nick Fitzgerald type where you know they're just running him so many times. I think they're really gonna limit how many times they ask him to run. They they need to give that ball to uh, Kylan Hill a lot more. I got you, man. All right, Shane. Next game on the docket here, another neutral sider, but South Carolina versus North Carolina. In Charlotte, Bank of America Stadium, uh, this is a 3.30 Eastern kick on ESPN, 2.30 Central Time. And the Gamecocks, Shane, this line has jumped here recently. It it opened at, uh, I want to say, 7.5, something like that. It's all the way up to 10. It just made this movement. So Gamecocks favored by 10. Who do you like in this one? And I still like the over. I mean, you know, I think there's a reason that Muschamp's been so excited during these press conferences, and I think it's because he knows what he has on offense. He's a little bit more comfortable coming into the season with it. And maybe he knows what North Carolina offers on defense, which I don't think is going to be that much. 
so I've got South Carolina winning and winning big. I got them actually hanging 42 on North Carolina. Hey North Yeah, I'm telling you, man. This thing's going to be jumping and North Carolina North Carolina only gets 24 points. Mm. Shane's got some points on the board. Week 1, I like it. I hope I hope that's actually what happens, you know. Yeah. These defensive slugfests are not always that entertaining, but a lot of what you said I agreed with. I think this is, you know, must shape just won't stop talking about this being the deepest, best roster he's got at South Carolina, and I agree with him outside of that tight end position, which has taken a hit here in recent weeks. But uh, the Gamecocks, coming into this one, Shane, I, th- I think they're a heavy favorite. I couldn't believe this line was only at 7. Now that it's jump up to 10, uh, you know, that's obviously not as great a value, but I'm still not that concerned about this spread, Shane. Mm-hmm. I think uh, South Carolina is going to be one of the biggest surprises in the SEC. I've been saying that for since SEC media days. North Carolina, I love the kind of like Ole Miss. I love the coordinator hires they made. Uh, I think Mac Brown, old Papaw Brown, getting him up there, that's probably an upgrade, but it's just going to take some time. I don't think it's the coach's staff that's going to get it done here. It's all about the players. Tar Heel starting a true freshman quarterback. Uh, I mean, even Will Muschamp pumped this kid up this week, but I still like the Gamecocks big. I'm going South Carolina 38, North Carolina 13. Tar Heels uh, cover and win this one. Hey, Mike, did you hear that? What? $100 lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I put my money on. I just feel that that's how much confidence I have in Muschamp. Mm-hmm. Well, that scares the piss out of me, Shane, because now I'm thinking South Carolina's going to lose this game outright. All right, Shane, jumping on down to Knoxville, Georgia State at Tennessee, 3.30 Eastern time on ESPNU, 2.30 Central time. The Vols favored by 26 points. Who do you like in this one? Uh, Obviously, I like the Vols, baby, but uh, <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game. It just feels like this is going to be one of those we get the lead, we sit on it, we just rely on our defense. So I honestly don't like the balls to cover the spread. I've got them winning, uh, but 28-3 to three is my final score. Ooh, doggy. We got something a little bit different on this one, Shane. So I'm going hit that upset alert. What? Just kidding. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tennessee to win it, obviously. Georgia State, not very good. But I'm going to flip it a little bit on, on yours, Shane. I got Tennessee scoring 38, Georgia State 21. I think Georgia State's going to have a little bit of success here against the Vols. A lot of that has to do with uh, Daniel Batuli out, you know, starting a freshman a linebacker, starting a freshman corner, uh, uns- being unsettled on the defensive line. I think they're going to be kind of rotating guys in and out. But, you know, if I say just 21, it's probably 7 to 10, maybe even 14 of that late in the game. I just think mm-hmm. Tennessee is going to be playing a lot of young players on defense. I think there may be a bust or two. Uh, so Tennessee to win comfortably, but I like Georgia State to cover the spread here. And, um, and you know, I, I the main thing I'll be looking for is how this offensive line performs. Yeah. Yeah, I got you, man. All right, Shane, let's jump on down to Atlanta where Duke – in Alabama are facing off 3.30 Eastern on ABC, 2.30 Central time. And Alabama, Shane, 35-point favorite in the opener on a neutral field. What you, uh, Who do you like here? Mm, I'll tell you what, man. Bama's took some hits, mm-hmm. you know, with the injuries and with the running back situation. And 
But I still don't think that uh, this is going to be a ball game at all. As much as I love Cutcliffe, I still think Bama comes out and does Bama things. So I've got Alabama obviously winning uh, 42, and I've got Duke 14. Ooh. All right, Shane. So a lot of what you I like said. That. It's under, right? Is that under? I'm, again, math. I'm not good at it. Yes, sir. So you've got Duke covering, but uh, yep. that, that's because this spread is just so ginormous. I've actually yeah. got Alabama scoring 52 points in this one, Shane. They scored 50 almost every game last year. Uh, so I think that trend's going to continue with two in these receivers. But how do they do it without much of a running game? That remains to be seen. I think uh, David Cutcliffe and his quarterback, I know he's a first-year guy, but he's a senior. He's played quite a bit. I think Duke's going to put up some points, particularly on uh, facing uh, some new linebackers, some new linemen. So I like Duke to have a little success, but I'm going to Alabama 52, Duke 20. And incredibly, that still has Duke covering because of that massive spread. So uh, I, I think this will be an entertaining game in the first half, but uh, Alabama obviously pulls away. Oh, for sure. All right, Shane, next game on the docket here, Georgia Southern at LSU. This is going to be 7.30 on ESPNU, Eastern Time, 6.30 Central Time. Uh, LSU, a 28-point favorite, four touchdowns. Who do you like in this one? Man, oh, triple option coming into town. So I got a lower score game, but I still think, oh, man, I've got it. I, I'm just trying to do the math in my head. I still think I've got uh, Southern covering because I've got uh, LSU 31, mm-hmm. Georgia Southern 7. Ooh. So that's 24. Yeah, so you've got the uh, the Eagles, I think they're called, covering this one, Shane. I'm going the opposite mm-hmm. way. LSU 48, Georgia Southern 14. So I like the Tigers to cover here. And I know we've been hyping up this triple option attack, and it could be very dangerous. And all, there's also speculation that uh, a couple Tigers will be suspended for this game. So I kind of hope that those are just rumors, though, and, and not true. So we'll see what happens there. But I just don't think that Georgia Southern is just going to have any level of the athletes that LSU has on offense. I've been singing Joe mm-hmm. Burrow's praises. I think he's one of the, the big breakout players here from the SEC. So I think he's going to have a big day. These receivers will go wild. I want to see some John uh, Emery, some uh, Clyde edwards Elaire, the Clydesdale, as you <laughs> like to call him. I like to see him run wild in this one. So I, I just think uh, LSU is going to score a lot. And we've referenced some of these backup quarterbacks getting some reps in this game based on everything i'm hearing about miles brennan shane i think they can throw him out there for quite a bit and i don't think lsu's offense is really going to take a hit because i i think he's going to be very much improved as well so even if they throw the backup quarterback out there i think they'll cover on this one yeah absolutely and this is i think it's honestly it's about that defensive front too mm-hmm. you know fidoku and company if they can live in the backfield I don't care what you're running on the other side of the ball. They just won't. I mean, that's that's where it's all going to be is hitting the trenches with these uh, triple option teams. All right, Shane, next game on the docket, Missouri at Wyoming. And this is actually going to be on CBS Sports Network. I hope you you got this get, this channel. I don't know if everyone does here, but <laughs> 7.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Central Time, and Missouri on the road in the opener, 17.5-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? Oh, baby, I like the over on this one. I mean, I don't care how high they get up that mountain because when this thing's all said and done, this is the Kelly Bright debut. 
and I've got them winning 55-17. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring, a blowout. I, this is not going to be a contest at all. In fact, I was thinking about putting another 100 on this one, but I've already committed. I'm already committed. <laughs> Up on that mountain. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> well, Shane, I'm glad you saved your money on this one because you would have lost another 100, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, very high in Missouri. I picked them to finish second in the FCC East. I'm not backing down off that quite yet. But the more I think about this one, Shane, Kelly Bryant, I think he might be getting a little too much hype, particularly with a new system that he's first time ever playing in here with the Derek Dooley. I think the, the Tigers are going to start a little slow here. I like Missouri to win this game, but I think Wyoming's a little bit underrated. I don't think it's necessarily going to be world beaters versus a garbage team. I think, uh, not to say these teams are anywhere close to evenly matched, but just going up up to the mountains, up to the elevation, they keep talking about it. <laughs> I think that could affect Missouri a little bit here. I like Missouri to pull away in the end, but I got Wyoming covering. So I'm going Missouri 30, Wyoming 20. And uh, I think this could be an interesting game in the fourth quarter here. So uh, we'll just have hmm. to see. If I even get this damn channel, I don't know. But hopefully I do because I want to watch this game. What's the weather like up there? <laughs> Just kidding, Mike. <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. <laughs> All right, Shane. The only SEC game here on the docket, Georgia at Vanderbilt. This is going to be the 7.30 Eastern kick on SEC Network, 6.30 Central time. Dog Nation descending on my town. I've already seen these people show up all over. Georgia is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. They keep bumping this spread up. Who do you like in this one? Honestly, Mike, I like Vanderbilt to cover. Georgia's going to win. I've got them winning 40-20, to 20, and I think it's going to be one of – I don't want to say a backdoor thing. I think Vanderbilt – hangs in there for maybe a quarter or two, mm -hmm. and, and then Georgia kind of pulls away. But I just – that 21, when it's when that spread got a little bit deeper, I didn't like it. So I'm going to go with Vandy to cover the spread, but obviously Georgia to win the game. Ooh. You know, that spread, they keep bumping it up. They're, they're just begging people to take Vanderbilt here, Shane, but I don't think they've made it high enough for me. I like Georgia, and I like them by a lot. I think uh, there's going to be this will this will be a coming out party for a lot of front seven players on on Georgia's defense. There, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to find much success. You know, keying key on Keyshawn Vaughn and Jared Pinkney. I think that's obviously going to be uh, the game plan for the Bulldogs, and they got the enough players to get that done. So I'm going Georgia. 45 Vanderbilt 13 and it's going to be a home game for the Bulldogs even though it's in Nashville uh, I think this is going to be another impressive sight to see a lot of red in, in Vanderbilt Stadium nice all right Shane final game here on the docket here Oregon versus Auburn in Arlington Texas Auburn's a three and a half point favorite uh, this game is the primetime game 7 30 Eastern time 6 30 Central on ABC who do you like in this one <laughs> oh Mike, you know I've been giving Auburn a hard time, man. I've been giving Gus a hard time, <sighs> but I can't let Oregon win this thing. So I've got Auburn winning twenty-eight, twenty-seven. <laughs> twenty-eight to twenty-seven, one-point game. Twenty-eight, one-point game. Blocked, blocked extra point in the second quarter. You don't think anything of it, but then it comes back and bites them later. Twenty-eight, twenty-seven. It seems like the old uh, 
Morristown Honda game, Shane. Is that what you're going with here? <laughs> For anyone who obviously don't know what we're talking about, where, uh, where I grew up there in East Tennessee, there was a Honda dealership. They predict the scores of Tennessee games every week. And if it was someone like this Georgia State, you know, they'd say Tennessee 55, Georgia State 6. And then if they were facing like a top 10 Alabama team and Tennessee was 30-point underdog, it would say Tennessee 7, Alabama 6. It was, <laughs> it was always <laughs> like, what? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, think, I, think I just want to say, I, I honestly, Gus has got control of this offense. He's had – multiple weeks to prepare for Oregon. And honestly, I, I, I think he's going to be ready. I think that's why he named a starting quarterback before anybody. And we're going to see, you're going to see Bo Nix. Now he's going to have growing pains. I think we're still going to see Joey out there, but I do think that we are also going to see one of the greatest defense in the country with the Auburn Tigers. So I think that's what keeps them in check. You know, you know a lot of hype about this Oregon quarterback, which I think is a little overblown. In fact, after this game, I think people aren't going to be talking about him near as much um, just because I think they're going to dial up some defense. You know, Coach Steele, this ain't his first rodeo. He's going to have people – I mean, you know, you know, Popo is going to be back there destroying people. That's what I'm thinking. So um, I like Auburn to take the lead early and, and Oregon to kind of get back into this toward the end of the game, but I think it'll be too late and when they can rely on their defense. All right, Shane, sounds like I've kind of turned your mind around a little bit here on Auburn, so that's good to see. I like but if lot... he loses, if, if he loses, <laughs> he's getting fired, Mike. I, li- I like a lot of the points you made there. Bo Nick, Shane, I'm expecting a lot from this kid. I know it's his first start, obviously on the road against a top 15 team, what have you. But I love the fact that we keep hearing about Oregon and their offensive line and their quarterback. Uh I think that's perfect for Auburn because at the same time, we've been hearing all offseason about Auburn's defensive line. So you don't want them to kind of read their press clippings. I think you want them thinking, we've got a formidable matchup here against this Oregon offensive line. We've got to come with our A game if we're going to compete with this squad. And these Pac-12, Oregon Duck, Lyman, they're going to find out what SEC football is all about. Uh, I, I like Gus Malzahn calling the plays once again. Schwartz potentially in the lineup. That's huge for me. I just think that that basically changes the entire complexion of what Auburn can do because there's just no one else like this kid. Uh, you said it there, the defensive line, the secondary for Auburn. I think that's a huge mismatch in, in favor of the Tigers. You said Auburn by one, Shane. I'm going Auburn by 20. Auburn, 33 Oregon 13. I know this is the marquee game, all that. I don't even think it's going to be a contest. Uh, SEC wins big on this one. Nice. Nice, buddy. Co with three sacks. That's just my another bolt hot take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one final thing, Shane, before we jump off here, I, I want to uh, give the, give these guys some, some airplay here, but there's no spread for the Portland State at Arkansas game, so we're not really picking it against the spread. Obviously, we both like Arkansas to win this game, uh, and that is a 4 o'clock kick on the SEC Network, 3 o'clock Central Time. Uh, anything you're just looking for the Razorbacks from uh, in the season opener here, Shane? Ben Hicks. That's it, man. I want to see the quarterback. I want to see what, what I, I want to see if there's any 
any swapping. I, I, you know, I, I don't think Starkle, I don't think we've heard the last of Starkle, and I'm sure he's going to find his way on the field at some point during this game, and uh, then we can all judge him, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? For me, Shane, it's interesting you went to quarterbacks because I think I know what I'm going to get from Ben Hicks. I think I know what I'm going to get from Nick Starkle. I, but obviously still want to see, hopefully see them both play. But if there's one quarterback, Shane, that I'm dying to see, it's K.J. Jefferson. I want to see him on the field. I want to see what he can do. We've been They've been talking him up. Uh, John Stephen Jones maybe even will probably see some of him. But I, I'm kind of more curious to see K.J. Jefferson there. I really oh, want, to, sure. I want to see him in this offense. And then flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Razorbacks are going to be playing a ton of young kids in John Chavis' system. And I, I really think John Chavis did the best he could. And I thought he did a decent job last year. The defense was by far their best unit. I think it's going to be their best unit again this year, based mostly on the fact that Arkansas's offensive line, I'm, I'm still questioning, and, and the young, inexperienced uh, skill set players. So I think Arkansas's defense carries the day. Some young guys are going to have to step up. But uh, I'm, I'm looking for the Razorbacks to shut down this Portland State attack on defense. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for this one. It was awesome to break down some games here, ready for some football. I hope everybody's team, you know, if I picked against your team, I hope I'm wrong because I want to, I want all these SEC teams <laughs> to win. Uh, hopefully I am there, but uh, we'll just see how it plays out. You got anything before we uh, jump off here? Yeah, buddy, I got a couple of reviews. Uh-oh. Thank you for being a friend. All right, guys, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. It's finally here. It's it's like Christmas, you know. In fact, I'm in the doghouse, Mike. I didn't tell you this, but <laughs> my wife is my wife is off Saturday, and it's like first time she's ever been off on Saturday. And she's been dropping these subtle hints like she wants to go do something, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have had the heart to tell her that I'm not leaving the living room, you know. <laughs> and uh, so she sends me a text this morning. She's like, maybe we should get a babysitter, you know. And I'm like, Maybe you should mind your own business. I got, you know, I got a football. No, I didn't say that. So uh, the next pod, I may be doing from my mom's house. So just a little FYI. But I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I love my wife if she's listening. Well, she doesn't. But if she does, I love you, baby. <laughs> this one here, uh, ratings to reviews. Those really do help us out. And those really have picked up. I appreciate everybody taking the time to get on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out. I'd like to read a couple of the five stars we got. The first one comes from Poke Go Trainee. Cool name. Dustin Off the Vols. Five-star. Really appreciate the time and effort you all put into each and every show. It's easy to overlook the grind you both put in. I tune in every episode. Go Vols. Nine and three. Call me. I like that record. Ooh. Appreciate you, Go. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate that one. Uh, the next one here, this one's going to come from WDE Matt W. It's, uh, what can we say, what can we do to help? Five star. Love the podcast. It's by far the best one out there. What can your audience do to help make sure you stay on the air? And Shane, what do you have to see from Auburn this year to jump on the Gus bus? <laughs> well, WDE, Matt, I'm telling you, brother, I changed my I changed my outlook because of you. I honestly, I was thinking about giving Oregon the edge. Then I saw this, and I was like, you know what? He's right. I've been hearing a lot of good things. I'm going to give Gus a chance, and that's why I switched it. So I am on the Gus bus, but I swear to God, if they lose, yeah, I'm off. I'm, I'm burying it, so... But anyway, Matt, I appreciate the five-star rating. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate that. If you want to help the pod, I mean, just uh, 
you know, word of mouth really helps. Give it anyone you know that you think may like it. You know, share it on your social media. Share it with uh, friends, coworkers, relatives, what have you. Uh, and we promise we'll keep doing this and doing our best to give you five episodes a week. And then they're always going to be free. That's a promise. Absolutely. And, and tweeting at the show, like when Mike puts out the preview, if you retweet it, it may, it may uh, save a life. I don't know. <laughs> this one comes from Hogfan Jules. Love it. Five star. Hey guys, just a 40 year old mom here that is also an Arkansas fan. Awesome. I absolutely love this podcast. You guys are hilarious and I love how you cover the league. Unbiased and you guys are realistic, not blowhards. Mike, you have the best voice. Oh, I swear you could read. You could read me a kid's book and it would lull me to sleep in a non-creepy <laughs> way. <laughs> Cousin Shane, would you read me a book, Mike? Cousin Shane is probably the coolest Tennessee fan I have ever come across. Also, shout out to Cousin Shane for reading my tweet on the cast about uh, Vandy's offensive coordinator looking like a boat captain, <laughs> which he really does. Thank you. I, I knew I saw it somewhere. You assumed I was a dude, but no harm. After all, I do have a stuffed pig as my profile picture. Thanks for the humor you provide every day. As an Arkansas fan, it keeps me alive. Seeing how I'm already dead inside from the Mayo shooting, <laughs> snack cake sniffing era was Brett Bielema. Keep up the great work. Man, that was an awesome review. Hog fan Jules, I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. That that goes a long way. And um, heck, maybe I maybe I will read you a bedtime story or something if 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 it comes to that. If Arkansas has another bad year, which I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to be improving. But we gotta we gotta lift your spirits somehow. But thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for this one, folks. Thanks for tuning in. As always, thank you, Shane, for joining me. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. do a picks podcast yeah and we tell them uh i think we tell them that we're running this one a little early because uh we're gonna enjoy the game and uh got a fantasy football draft tonight so they're probably gonna wonder why we're not doing a recap since they're listening to friday so i think it's important we tell them and, and well you just hold on there hold your horses buddy i got <laughs> i got a plan for that <laughs> what's your plan mock You'll find out. Okay. I, I I do think that we've got a fucking train coming. One second. One second, Mike. Sound that's the Mac bus. That's it. It's ridiculous. I can't believe we still have trains. Like, have we not figured out a better way to move cargo? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how we discovered the West, and we're still using it. <laughs> All right. I, I, do you hear it? No, no, hear it. sir. Okay.